0: Hi, I'm Bec and I'm Sam and welcome to the Long Run Podcast. We will be your hosts and coaches. The whole idea of the Long Run is that this is your opportunity to switch off, tune into your body, to your mind and listen to us as we share some exciting tales of adventure and trails with some incredibly inspiring trailblazing women. So let's get moving. Welcome to the podcast with Sam and Beck and a very special guest. This is episode three of the long run series.
1: This series and week is going to focus on the pathway of consistency. Okay, so we're around about we're getting up to the 20 days, okay? So this is where you start to create a habit and I feel like this is a really good starting point to just keep keep that
0: consistency going. Keep it rolling. Exactly right. And I'll tell you what, we're going to amp up the rolling to like hardcore firing right now with our guests that we have on the podcast. And now I am based in my bunker in the Dandong Ranges, 35Ks from Melbourne. And I'm looking at some two very shining lights because Beck is live with Kirsty Godzo, New Zealand born, LA based currently. Um, What I love about this kind of dynamic between the three of us right now is we share a couple of things in common um, in the fact that we wear many hats, all of us. And here's just a couple of the hats that you wear, but I would love for you to then do your own description of you, whether it's by what you do or how you feel or what you kind of tie it all together. But you are founder of Made Of, Pyro Girl, which I love that name. You are a Nike master trainer and you are the ultimate energy dealer. Welcome to the podcast.
2: Wow, guys, I literally have like the shiniest cheeks right now, um, because I'm just like thriving on this energy. So I'm so, so, so excited to be here with you guys, and I feel like I'm probably going to have to go for a run after this conversation.
1: Yeah, to the people that are currently running.
2: Yes, all those that are running right now, I feel for you, and consistency is key. I fell off a little bit over, you know, the Christmas,
0: New Year time, and um need to get back in and it's humbling that's perfect because everyone who's listening to the podcast right now you have 45 minutes on the clock and uh basically we're going to be counting you down every now and again but you know just get lost in the conversation focus on your breath like always have awareness to your body and then just let it go um Kirsty, it's so nice to see you and to have you here because Beck has been speaking about you for years and I've been like watching your videos for years. So I kind of feel like a little bit of a groupie. <laughs> 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 um, you know, as I said, like there's all these different things that you do. Like, when, how do you kind of describe your human experience, at least currently in this moment?
2: Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, energy dealer is really like what I like to say, like my ultimate thing is to be a hype woman. So like, there's nothing more exciting for me to be speaking with women that understand that energy is everything. You know, like I think that energy is the greatest decision that we kind of make every single day because you two being very extreme athletes with what you do in regards to running and then me liking that with my training Not that this one has not also put me through many workouts, very extreme, very intense. But I think, you know, it's like always that decision when you go into something challenging and you're like, okay, I can choose for this to suck or I can choose to, to ride the energy of this challenge and win, like get a double win from it. You know, the completion, yes, physically, but the completion mentally. So I think I've always been enticed by energy with whatever I do. And I think I relate energy a lot of the time to challenge. So um, actually a double business degree, I like to say I'm in the business of bodies because it's more so actually what happens outside of your training a lot of the time that impacts everything else, which we know. But, you know, running your body like it's a business is really important. And that can be everything from, you know, the accumulative energy of the people that surround you, the projects that you take on board and even just knowing to say no to stuff. Knowing that a no often leads you to the right yes or accommodates space for the right yes. And I love what I do because I get that perfect exchange of, yes, physical work, but also getting to work a lot on describing how training should be spoken about, describing how a woman's body should be spoken about, what energy means, like what what it means to feel versus just what it means to look in regards to training and helping people kind of navigate on their respective journeys. Um, actually very much like I have a business brain, so I love to always advise and consult on projects rather than just be like, you know, yes, I love to work out and I love to film workouts and I love to train people, but I need to have that other side of my brain ticking along to keep, everything moving basically so probably also why i like running you know because i love some numbers in there and i like to be like oh like the funniest thing is i always screenshot back my runs and then like i i think i just expect like greatness sometimes like Without like doing all the work, and um, and so it's good, you know. She was helping me last year, I ran my first half marathon, and then I ran just started running them like every second weekend because there was not much else to do in quarantine, yeah. So she was helping like cue me along with tips and um and guidance on what I should be expecting and what I needed to put <laughs> in for what I was expecting, which was funny because I
1: kind of had to like rein her back sometimes because. I mean, Kirsty is my sister. Like, we've known <laughs> each other for eight years. We just spend a lot of time together, and it's great to have each other here in L.A. When she started running, she was living in New York. So I couldn't run with her, but I was, like, so proud of her. Yes. I she was so cute. This is just, like, the dream. You are running. Like, what's next? I, is, uh, it was quite I, unstoppable. I remember,
2: like, screenshotting her the first day, basically long story short I was I was signed up for a Nike half marathon that got cancelled due to COVID and prior to it being cancelled like I kind of knew that that was coming and I hadn't been able to properly train for it because I'd been sent to Portland for a few weeks was filming for the Nike training app and um those days you just roasted. like my yeah. glutes i could barely walk up the stairs and i'd be like oh my
1: god i'm filming four hip workouts in a row again today and, and like, that means that you have to do all of
2: the do workouts, all the workouts like and you're talking and then you do the b-rolls and blah, blah blah so there was no chance any running training was happening i get back to new york and i'm like oh, probably not looking that good for me i've got like i'm five weeks to the south marathon and i've been running a little bit but i had a crush which is also very rare for me like a uh catastrophe in my mind. A man crush. A man crush. A man crush. And I was like, oh, I don't, like, I don't want this. This is a destruction from my work and everything else I need to be doing. And I never get a crush. So when I... If I have one, I'm like, this is incredibly confronting. Yeah. Like when you called me and you're like, I, I said to him, I was like, I think I have a crush on someone. I was like, oh no. Um, So he knew that I was training for the half marathon. He's like, you should come to this running group in New York one day. And, and I was like, sure. Like have to say yes. And then it's a half marathon. The run that we're doing. I was like, oh wow. Well, that is a perfect way to prepare for a half marathon. It's just, just the run one. <laughs> it was cold. So I was like, it's cold and my crush is here. So that means greatness today because <laughs> you, need to, you need to keep these feet moving. And um, I remember it was so cold. I didn't want to take my gloves off or roll up my sleeve. So I just didn't look at my watch the whole time. So I ended up running 13.9 miles um, and I did it under one hour 50. So I was stoked, yeah. but I was like, I had the uh, the cold encouragement and the crush kind of encouragement there so then I just kept moving, but I remember being just so excited to screenshot and send it back and being like, surprise.
1: <laughs> and the goal for her half marathon, which was LA 13.1, was going to be 145. And the reason why Kirsty could do this is because she has that foundation of um, being athletic all of her life. So that strength training and then the high-intensity yeah. workouts and the mobility, like, that you, like, do – Every day, it's like a gift to your body, and your body holds up when you go and decide to do a
2: half marathon. And I mean, crushed it. You know what was interesting too is I always thought because I'm by the way usually my role with any marathon a half marathon is I'm on bottle service I'm phenomenal at the exchange the gels I'm like yelling screaming I'll chase you around the whole course and you especially deal. if you're in Chicago I'll see you 6 times I'll see you <laughs> you on your last mile cuz I know what time you're trying to get and you will not miss it on my watch so cute. um so I'm very familiar with like those types of things of it, but I always just thought, oh, pain. Like there's going to be a lot of pain after running this and like it's going to feel sore. And I actually remember waking up the next day, I was like, I feel fine. And I think it was more so just having that relationship, like what Beck was saying, where you treat your body with routine and respect all the time. You're always preparing for these things and, you know, having your recovery on tap. I think what I had to learn – it was interesting to learn about hydration a little bit more in a different sense to how I use it. Cause I'm very good at drinking water and stuff, but being like, Oh, I actually needed more electrolytes post mm-hmm. because by the way, I did my first half marathon with no food. I'd only drunk some black coffee and a little bit of water and no, I did no gels or obviously anything like that. I was just like, Oh yeah, whatever like half marathon. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <So, laughs> would you recommend it. Um, yeah.
1: yeah. Can you also think about like, the pain that you say you think you're going to be in pain but I feel like the pain is the conversation between yourself and your head yes because that's what's going to tell you to stop it's like oh you're in pain it's like are you in pain or is this just uncomfortable are you just in kind of discomfort where you're always connecting with yourself in trying to get that mental strength.
0: Yeah, and I think well, let's look at that foundation. There's a couple of things that I want to explore there. I want to explore the idea of when we get to a place in our lives, we're saying no is far more powerful to make space to the yes. So we'll go into that in a moment. But let's look at that base of foundation, um, which is essentially what you've created over a decade. Um, I mean, how long have you been? a strength trainer working in the fitness industry coaching clients like how, how long has that been a part of your life
2: that's really been like 10 years since of actually being a trainer but like prior to that was just more you know like my growing up of sport and like training myself you
0: know things like that but like 10 years seriously and so yeah like you say you, yeah. you so you've got it like- you've got this big foundation and like when you have that and there's such consistency and you know people who are taking part in this program right now they've been doing this for three weeks some people might have come from a foundation of fitness other people might have had a child or come back from injury so we're all at different places but this baseline foundation is something something that you can spring off and then tackle other things and have that support behind you so when I think of your story and the fact that you're able to do this half marathon, and yes, you might have been a little bit sore the next day but surprisingly better than you thought, that's a decade. That's a decade of, like, grit and hardiness and pushing your body in different types of way that allows you to then go, in this moment I'm going to execute this goal and we'll see how the dice rolls. So can you talk to me a bit about how strength and mobility training has provided such a strong foundation for you for really any life goal that you've tackled
2: yeah I mean for sure like so what's interesting is so when I was growing up I um my brother and I did motocross I know that's probably like the most New Zealand thing you can probably say (laughs) we're up on a farm um but went to an all girls private school in the city so I was a bit of an outcast in that regard Um, And my brother and I just love dirt biking. And accidentally, one day, he ran me over with the dirt bike. And um, we just, we collided and, you know, dodged the same way. And my knee actually got crushed in the hit. So I had a knee surgery as soon as I turned 15. was on crutches crutches for four months. And um, really, I think that was when I started to care okay obviously my upper body strength was phenomenal in that time <laughs> from crutches for so long but then i the first thing coming back was i was like oh i've got to take this seriously because i actually had to give up water polo was one of my most competitive sports just because i couldn't egg beat anymore and i wanted to keep playing netball and i wanted to keep doing all these other things like athletics and everything and many of the things the doctors said they're like look you can't run you can't ski you can't snowboard and I was like you just told me a lot of things that I can't do and I was like why like what? I- Yeah, well, I was like, what are some parameters around that? And so I'd always then carried from when I was 15, like, you don't run. Like, you don't run anymore. Or, like, if you run, it's going to just be small runs, and that's kind of it. So I really went into strength training. I love um, stability work. And I think I started to condition from a young age, understanding if you rehab properly and if you do your due diligence and you do your homework, like, follow – like, I love discipline, so, like, I like to follow rules. And um, I'll let my discipline override frustration, if that makes sense. So, like, I know when it's the busy times. Like recently, I've been spending like at least forty-five minutes most days rehabbing my knee. Like, just because now you know, I've mm-hmm. it was seventeen years since my surgery. Like, I just have to be grateful for all the things I can do, but I know what work needs to go in for that to happen. So, I think all of that strength work that I've done for years. um, helped me then by the point that I was like, I'm going to run a half marathon every second weekend. And then one day, you know, I ran 16 miles just for fun. I actually ran a little too far away from my house. So the 16 miles was kind of just because of my geographically challenged nature. Um, But I wouldn't be able to do any of that without the strength training that I have. I think one, obviously, strength training, we know, phenomenal for the body, especially for women. Um, Setting you up for so much success. But I always think I know for myself I feel most beautiful when I feel really strong and I I get so much confidence from feeling really strong and I love like mobility work, I love Pilates, I love yoga because I want to know that when I do go out and run or when I do do high intensity and do crazy jumps, I want to know that I'm working from the right parts of my body, I want to know that I'm landing well, I want to know that I'm going to recover well, you know, just like putting all the pieces in place. And I think usually we're under a false urgency to get something done. So we think, well, that's fine. I just won't do that. I don't have time. And yeah. I'm like, if you don't have time to do it right, like why do it? Like that's just like being like, I'm okay with a C plus or like a B minus. like, no, I'm not okay. Like I would like. <laughs>
1: you get one body. And yeah. I would and like, like
2: to do it well. What it sounds
1: like is like you like you know your body language and, and therefore like the stability and, and the strength and the mobility assists you in anything that you choose to do. Like yes. So for so running, like I know you're a rock star coach in, in stability and strength, but the stability drills that Kirsty
2: will get you to do.
1: <laughs> well, I love it. You make memes about her. Like, Literally.
2: Oh, my God. God. People make memes. It's so funny because I love <laughs> the high-intensity stuff because people also forget – Stability, okay, it's so frustrating. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it's so frustrating. And it's it's not given. It doesn't matter how much you practice. Like, your stability can be different every single day. Like, what I love about stability is you have to dial into that moment. You yeah. literally actually have to focus. But – you so specifically speak to parts of your body and muscles in such a different and unique way that you didn't
1: even know that, that you didn't all. even
2: know. And like people often miss that because they just never really add a stability challenge into their workouts. So I always love to have that in there. Um, just, you know, as a, not a way to like humble people or myself, but just for us to really dial in and fine tune on some things. And I know for me, it's been a game changer to help with recovery and then be doing physical things that my knee surgeons and stuff are like, oh, you'll never do that.
1: Yeah. And like when you think about running, so running is, a, is you're balancing from yeah. your left to your right foot. So if you didn't have that stability and that foundation of strength, how are you going to hold your body up? How are you going to balance from left to right?
2: Look at mothers as well. You guys are champions. You've got like a baby here and this you're like holding like 12 fingers in one arm and like I'm like, huh, stability.
0: But it's so crazy because I can hold my 15 kilogram child up and down staircases and doing all this stuff and then someone gets me to hold a barbell which is the exact same weight and I'm like become uncoordinated and I don't know how to switch on my body in the right places to be able to do that. And so what that is, is like, I can do it when I have to, when it feels primal, but then I become self-conscious and I've lost body awareness when I'm in a gym, when I feel a bit more confronted with um, my insecurity of not doing something right. And I think that's the part of the process that we want to work with people on of like finding that, you know, physical body, body, mental awareness through your mobility to your strength training. Because the reality is you might love to run, but if you want to run for long and if you want to run in a sustained way for a long period throughout your life, you have to build the foundation. You've got to do the dirty work and it's a permissive license that you need to give to yourself now to build up to 21.1. And like, I just don't think that you want to cheat yourself of building the foundation.
2: Also, I always say like, it's once you remap, I think a lot of the time people don't do the work because they think it's boring and I'm like, mm. it's actually not boring. Like stretching feels so good by mm. the way, not feeling sore feels really good also, but um, activation work is killer for your abs and your glutes by the way. Like, so if we can just hum you in there by the aesthetic cell in it, like, yeah, do, do your activation work, do your mobility work because you want these long, lean muscles and you want these muscles that are actually firing yeah. from the right places. You know, people are always like, oh, I don't want my quads to get bigger. I'm like, awesome, use your glutes. Why are you not doing your glute activation? Why are you not, like, releasing your quads and your hamstrings and stuff so they stop overworking? And I think it's funny
1: when, like, if people say that. It's like, when are you using your quads? Like, do you know when you're using your quads that your hamstrings are assisting? Like, you can't just use yeah your quads. Yeah. So like it's it's all in understanding and uh, like going on a strength and like stability and like a motivational rant, it's like us women go through different phases of our lives too where we will feel really strong and then you might become pregnant or like have a baby or like you have an injury or something that will happen that might bring you back to a humbling spot where you're feeling like you're starting again. So when I talk about body language with, like, understanding it, you have to understand it in each moment. So, like, stability might be hard one day and what's hard one day might be easy. Yeah. Like the other, if you understand what I'm saying. And I know, Sam, you had, like, with going back to the barbell in comparison to Harry, like, it's just, like, what you're doing through that time. You just might not have used a barbell in a while, but know that, like, And like, this is a clear straight line between like Kirsty's training is she always has that mental strength and like that self-talk where it's confident, where you're like, I can do this.
0: Yeah. And the thing is you, you, you build confidence quite quickly, actually, because the gains, if you, if you focus on it, the gains come so quickly. And I would say the gains in strength come quicker than the gains as a runner And so, yeah. Yeah, like being a beginner is exciting. Like I think people need to shed the
2: insecurity of it. Like it's such a cool time because you're learning so much and I actually genuinely believe that everyone loves to learn. Because that's when you get a lot of confidence We're from. Humans. Yeah,
1: We, we want to grow.
2: You should always be learning. Like, we geek out all the time all on so many time. things. We just can't wait. We can't wait. We have a new course starting this week. And we have been excited about it like four weeks premature. Yeah, We're like, oh, my God, when does it start? Let us learn more. Um, yeah. And I think that's when you're a beginner, you have to be – You know, you're in the University of self, and you're learning these new skills that, like you say, are going to be there to catch you Mm. after you have either, you know, a life changing moment, whether that be having a baby, having an injury, just having a lot of time out from something, it's always going to be there. And then you know how to go back to it and you know how to get yourself started again in a great way. There's nothing worse than, you know, learning like, if you skip over, like you say, all that stuff, I'm just being like, oh, I just go out and run and I don't even think more about it. It's like, why don't, you know, then you have to go back. There's so much repetition doing something not quite right. It's then more difficult to come back to do base one. Yeah. Done. You know, get your learner's driver's license of those legs first Yeah. and then start to progress.
0: It's so funny because you can get out of the, the habit of trying new things. You might have in your 20s, like the whole say yes to a lot of things. So I think for me at least, in my twenty years, it was like, say yes to a lot of different stuff. So there was a lot of rapid growth. And now I actually say no to a lot more because I know what I really want to do and I've got to funnel my energy. The flip side of that is it means you're not testing and building yourself in new arenas. I, I remember at the beginning of this year, I decided that I really want to learn how to dance. And I was like, okay, how can I really learn to dance, learn this in new skill because I'm quite uncoordinated. I'm like, this will be a great way to build coordination. I'm like. I've got to find a way of getting on dancing to the stars. Like, I'm like I really that's I reckon that will commit me because I'll have like five or six hours a day that I get to do that, and I can treat myself like a professional. Legitimately, like I I really was on like the the hunt of getting on that show, and then they like stopped it this year, and then they've done it like in a really small narrow way, which obviously is the only reason why I'm not doing obviously, it because yeah. obviously like but it but it's an interesting thing of like be conscious of. No is power, but don't say no so much because you're focusing on one thing that you don't start to push yourself in in a new kind of arena.
2: Well, Dante, no, also if it's just because of fear, like you have mm-hmm. to invite that in because you've got to look at fear as challenge and you've got to, like, depending on what it is, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny we reference dancing because I actually have always said I hate to dance, but it's just because I'm not confident oh, with it. Like, okay. no one actually
0: hates to dance. Like, two tequilas in, you're like, woo! Um, <laughs> well, let's, I wanna, I wanna flip that. So, like, I know dancing's an e- example, but what else? have you possibly said no to because there's some lingering fear and and that's interesting because everyone thinks of you as incredibly confident but we're all fallible human beings we're not perfect
2: Um, I definitely, yeah, dancing, I say no to that a lot, but I did, I did actually go and do a couple of dance classes with one of my work wives, who's a yoga trainer in New York, and um, she's a phenomenal dancer too, and I was like, look, here's the deal, I make people feel uncomfortable all the time with my burpees and all these other things, I'm like, so it's only fair that I too sit in such discomfort, throwing myself on the floor trying to look sexy, but looking like a dead sloth. Um, so... But I think for me, yeah, like, okay, now my new challenge is I've really been thinking about, it. I'm like, okay, I, I started running, and I started running a lot last year, and I really, really fell in love with running, and I feel like it really saved me in 2020, like, you know, living in New York City during the pandemic was really confronting, and not, I still have, I haven't been in a gym for nearly a year, and I'm, I very deeply miss it, but out of respect for, you know, people in my quarantine bubble and everything else, like, it's just not appropriate decision right now, and I think running really was there to support me and honestly made me fall in love with New York in a new way. And just like, there was nothing greater than running the streets and like, you know, the city was shut down and you were like, yeah, it was really cool. Um, And I, and I started to really look forward to, I was like that Saturday morning anticipation of like the same way I used to with the gym, being like, man, am I going to nail like a max pull up today with weights hanging off me? You know, I'd be like, am I going to get a better time in this half marathon or whatever it is? But after doing it, like you say, with repetition and this consistency, I was like, okay, now I know what this feels like and I know how to look 13.1 in the face and, and welcome it in and know what to expect. So how do I keep now pushing myself around this to find new growth and new challenge? Um, and it's interesting you say, like, you know, what makes me uncomfortable is now I've stopped running so I took away the consistency and now I might even run four miles and I'm like... Nah, nah. You know, like, I'm just not really. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? You were crushing 16 miles like, six months ago. Like, get it together. What's happening here? And I was like, you
1: think you have a fear?
2: I think I brought back the fear. And so that's why I like that, you know, you guys have a theme this week of consistency because it's like sometimes it's not necessarily just about always being on it, but it's about having enough of a close touch point so you don't let that fear come back in so you're not having to revisit Mm -hmm. the same thing. all the time or what are your anchors of confidence around it to to shut down
0: some of that fear and and go back into it and I think um creating consistency is because what we talked about the week before is about the why and so like a lot of things will come up along the week that can kind of derail your consistency and you have to have multiple points to bring you back which is what I love about trail, because the very obvious thing about why you want to get on make time for the trails is being in nature is incredibly rejuvenating to both the mind and to the body and to the spirit. Oh,
2: nothing like it. I mean, even moving from New York to LA has been a game changer. Like I say to Beck all the time, I'm like, I Can't believe it. Like I actually sleep all through the night. I'm like it's crazy. I might sleep seven hours, sometimes I might sleep nine. In New York I'd sleep five, very disrupted. And, you know, being from farm in New Zealand, then moving to New York City, it was just completely different. And I think what I really, I love New York so much. And I love that the city is so full of energy, but it's not so full of nature. And I really struggled. Like, it was very hard. And and I always say, like, you know we just want to run, everyone's like, I can't believe you guys are swimming in Malibu, like, it's so cold, and we're like, woohoo! Like, you know, or you just want to be out in nature at all times. So I think what I think is super cool about trails as well is like, You've got To be on, you, you can't just code, you've got to be agile, you've got to be watching where you're going. It's an adventure yeah.
0: that keeps surprising you along the way. Mm-hmm. But this is where your foundation would be so good for it because if you think of all the work that you've done with your stabilizers and your agility and like all the plyo, which yeah. you know is like down, I'm the like, track. Go on green, touch on, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like that. You, I can see you being, like, when I watch you doing strength, it's so funny that you say you're not a dancer because, like, the way you move your, like, ankles, I'm like, she's a dancer. (laughs) Um, And so, like, there's this, like, transition to, like, if you can move and have awareness of your body through strength, like, I think the trails are a, a beautiful place for you for so many other reasons as well. Did you ever go up north into, like, New York State to some of the trails up there?
2: I went up to – I didn't do any of the trails, but Upstate is so beautiful. And, like, it's kind of crazy because, like, we don't – no one really has a car in New York, like, of our friend group. So, like, you'd have to hire a car. And when you would go do it, you were like, oh, my gosh. You're like, why do we not do this more often? It's just it was such a relief. Like, you instantly felt anxiety leave your body. Just getting, like, an – even even when you get one hour out of the city, you'd feel the difference. That's why
1: I could never live in New York <laughs> I'm so connected to yeah. – like, nature and even surfing for me or going into the trails it's like I have to have that I have to have that fix yeah because it's soothing for the soul
0: well I think the older you get the more you become a little bit less compromising on not being in the environment that's best suited to you being your best as well Um, you know I live in a national park but I, I used to live in a warehouse converted apartment in the city and it was amazing how I found Just literally being 35Ks away from the trails, I would let life's, you know, just the lifestyle of being in the cafes. uh, And I always felt that the trails were so inconvenient to get to, even though it was literally like 40 minutes. And so I would never do it. And so I kind of like changed around my environment to make sure that I was in a place that made me feel the best, that made it the easiest to be in that space. And so, like, you can. You know, with choice and like sometimes hard work, you can create the environment that's best suited for you. And sometimes it means a couple of sacrifices, but there is a huge shift to two things. Firstly, running has become the most popular, most um, popular and growing sport since the pandemic. Um, because it's something that everyone feels that they could do. People who were never running are like, well, if that's the only way I can get out for an hour, then all of a sudden I'm going to start to run, which is amazing. Um, And there's a lot of people moving and doing tree changes. If they can get out of the cities, they're trying to, because they might not have to work in the city anymore so they can work from home. So it, it is this opportunity of people going... The trails nature gives me so much. Why don't I try and facilitate that in my everyday lifestyle? It is interesting you say that too, because it's not like you ever hear anyone
2: come back from being in nature being like, that was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, that's that sucked. was overwhelming. Yeah. Um, that's so true.
1: Oh, that was really busy. Yeah. Know. Like,
2: <laughs> we always have a great time. So yeah. But okay. I do love what you were saying too. It's like, it is about your environment. Um, and so, Actually, the reason why I called my protein powder made of is mainly because I was like, so much of the time, it's just like not, we're not looking at the detail. So made of, yes, I want people to understand what their food is made of and and read your ingredients before you just read a nutritional table, but understand what your life is made of like understand the key components that build up that environment around you because you're made of all of those energies that you're allowing in, mm-hmm, your you know, system, and yeah, that's people, that's that's where you live, it's, it's your decisions every single day and, you know, you get to decide actually a lot of the time within reason, you know, what you're made of and what those surroundings are. So it's about curating this perfect environment, like you say, where you feel, yes, challenged but supported but like you have the opportunity to thrive. It shouldn't feel like you're pushing shit uphill all the time, you know? And like a lot of us just kind of go into this like masochist mode where it's like hard, 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 like I was doing that to myself a lot of the time in New York. And I was like, I'm not sure who I am anymore. Like. That was uh-huh. sometimes where I started to go because I was like, all I know is to be psychotic.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kissy, I listened to a podcast of you when you were in New York, and you're like, it's like 5.30 a.m. I've had sex yeah. already. And yeah. if I haven't started the day and I haven't made a business deal by 6 a.m., then I'm on the decline. Yeah,
2: like, you're like, whoa. It's just, I mean, it's probably wow. no shock that I tell you I had no hormones at all of yeah. this point too because, by mm-hmm. the way, like, you know, when you're doing high intensity as well and obliterating your body in a certain way – and then trying to do keto at the same time and not sleeping and da da da. You know, it's like kind of a recipe for disaster,
0: yeah. to be honest. So can you can you break that down? Because you obviously made that choice because it was a great professional decision. Mm-hmm. There's Nick's. Ex- my my husband lived in New York before he moved to the long Ranges. Talk about a shift. Quite a transition. <laughs> but so he speaks about like you know if you can make it in New York you can make it anywhere. And he, he hated it, but he loved it. Yeah. Can you tell me at that point when you were like, it's tipped the scales and this is not good for me anymore. Like yeah. where was that? And, and where was then the shift to kind of come back to LA? I mean, I think that like, it's funny because the
2: plan was always to live in LA. Like I always wanted to, when I chose to move from New Zealand, like my last couple of years living in New Zealand, I was only really there like eight uh, sorry, about four months of the year, about eight months I was traveling, whether that be in Australia or mostly in America or going around the world for Nike. And I'd always liked at least LA was much more similar to lifestyle, similar to Australia and New Zealand. Um, but I loved New York. I used to travel there quite a bit for work and to see my one of my best friends lives there who's a Kiwi. Um, and... Then I took this opportunity at Equinox to design a gym there and I'd already had my Nike North America contract so I could just transition to New York and so I sort of landed there and I never expected to be there for five years and I will still always say it was a very difficult decision to leave but it just came down to at the end of it I was like I haven't felt good. I was like I honestly haven't felt good for two years and I could see it all over my body and it was more so like It was just the excess. It was so much travel. It was so much work. It was so much, like I was trying to do everything to the max. And um, actually before I even moved to New York, my hormones were off just from like, you know, living, living a very kind of like interesting lifestyle for my job, doing so much high intensity. Like I think high intensity is amazing if you're doing it in the prescribed way where it should just be three workouts a week, really going to your max not three a day and then you're also doing your strength training you're also working the full time job and you're doing all this other stuff and you're flying you're in the air and then the food's different and the environment's different and your poor body doesn't know where you are what you're doing doing. and you know and you can get away with that for a certain amount of time especially in your 20s and um i think it was really more so when i straight away when i t- before i turned 30 i actually got um knocked out by a barbell in the office in new york and um 45 pound barbell to the head which was cute it was actually really funny because it was right before I was shooting the cover for women's health australia so i had a black head but like uh like my whole forehead was bruised um and i was like oh, i hope that goes away for the cover shoot that would be nice um But then that kind of led down. I didn't have the time to rest and recover properly from that. And then it turned into shingles. And so you were layering all of these things on top of extreme adrenal fatigue, um, complete hormone failure, really, if we're going to be honest. I hadn't had a period in years. um, And my body was just struggling across the board. And I think mentally, like, you know, as I think we all can do as women, we're just like, I'm fine. And I'm just going to keep going and keep going. And then – It really got to the point that my body was just like, cool, if you're not going to stop, I'll show you how bad I feel. And so I like was inflamed and I like just didn't, I had no energy anymore. And energy for me is like everything, everything. Like this is
1: the girl that wakes up. Always. Every morning, like
2: ready. I'm so excited. And I was just like, oh my God, I felt like I was moving through quicksand. So actually the pandemic gave me that perfect opportunity to slow down, work on remapping adrenals work on cortisol like get sleep a little bit more these things and i had done all my different testing I was lucky to work with an amazing doctor and I actually got my period back after seven years not having it I got it back in seven weeks of just treating my body well and slowing down but once I saw some of those shifts start to happen too I and and understanding I didn't actually need to live in New York anymore to do a lot of the things that I did and also I could still always love New York I just didn't have to live there as my main event Mm -hmm. and so once my lease ran up I moved to LA and it's sad because I love New York for so much of the things I have so many special friends there and and business relationships but I think I was just like I just can't keep feeling like that. I was just I felt so sad, like when I just didn't feel good in my body, and that's something that I think we all try and guide women with. It's like, you know, sometimes the obvious thing is actually that you aren't well, and there are things that you can do to make yourself feel better.
1: Mm, and that's why it's so like important to understand your own body. Yeah, like to understand what the difference of pain is like is it pain pain I always like to say pain pain yeah you just it it really hurts like you just can't continue or like yeah discomfort or like just get down to the nitty-gritty of like how can I change this
2: and make myself
1: feel better yeah and 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 and, yeah and like choosing
2: (laughs) longevity for your body and like it's not normal you know to not have a period Mm -hmm. for a long time and I think you know when you're younger sometimes we we might stupidly be like oh that's great I don't have one, you know. Convenient. You're like, no, that's robbery from your body because you need
0: those hormones and you need, you need all of the you're stuff that you're getting from
1: it. it. It's a special thing. To yeah, have. yeah.
0: There, there are a couple of, um, I think, key things to think of, and like for me, like obviously. Uh, having your period is a sign of vitality, Mm -hmm. being able to sleep when you go to bed, like maybe not fall asleep straight away, but to actually get to sleep um, means that your mind can like detach from the intensity of the day or, you know, of what's going through the day and you can get some rejuvenation, some rest. So if you're not sleeping and if you're not getting a period, you're struggling to get get good food in, um your mind is buzzing 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 constantly like those are little indicators but the challenge is when you're feeling all those things I think your mind is numb to recognizing them sometimes
2: well you've got to put your ego to the side and be like okay Mm -hmm. am I going to do the work now um and I mean because your body's phenomenal and it's giving you signals all the time but your ego is also pretty crazy, and it's gonna, it's, it will tell you it's like override it, baby, override it. You can keep going, keep going, keep going later,
0: later, later, not now, yeah. not now, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. And I don't have uh, time for
0: this, I don't have time for this. This person needs yeah. me, this I job needs tell me. You a
2: greater feeling than when you wake Like, I think even like I'm still energetic now, but it's like I wake up much calmer every day because I'm like, I sleep. Mm -hmm. And that was such a weird adjustment for me after not sleeping for so many years that I'd wake up and I'd be like, oh, I feel kind of lazy, like, uh, because I never knew what it was like to wake up out of a sweet slumber. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't realize it was just an acclimatization. I thought you just always woke up in a bit of a panic attack, to be honest. (laughs) Let's go. Um, So that's been really fun. And honestly, it's like I probably wouldn't take back a lot of those like disasters that I had with my journey because it's allowed me now to help so many other women and just like really like it was almost like another degree that I did in understanding how phenomenal the woman's body is and with your hormones and everything and just recalibrating but yeah it's it's just I would I wouldn't recommend for us to ignore things like hormones, things like recovery and sleep. And, you know, we all know when we're not sleeping, it's really
0: like, you know, kind of drunk driving your body. Mm-hmm. And Well, I think shingles was a pretty clear indicator that you needed to make a change. you know, we, want, we want to talk about pain, like, oh, my gosh,
2: because it was my sciatic nerve. And that will slow you down yeah. quicker than every, anything, you know. So
0: did you feel like after you recovered from the shingles, did you did you feel like you were starting again, like rebuilding your body up yeah. from scratch almost? I Can you talk only about do that?
2: Pilates and yoga for four months. So I would still go to work and train other people, and but I remember teaching HIT classes, and like I usually do a lot of the class with everyone, and I'd be trying to demo some of the moves, and there'd be tears, like. On my face, sometimes I like not a crier. And I was just in so much pain trying to demo a normal move that I would take for granted. So it actually took me four months to straighten my leg properly because there was just so much pain going down that nerve line. And I remember the day that I finally could, and I was like, oh my gosh. But I have to say, when I took the time out and took a few weeks to fully rest, I was so happy. Yeah. Like, I was actually happy because I think my body was like, thank you, woman. About yeah. time. Give yeah. me a minute. Um, and, you know, it is, I think it's understanding again, what is that relationship of push-pull with your body? How much is too much? Um, when is the time to apply pressure? When is the time to actually rest and recover? And, you know, and it. It's that beautiful journey of self that, you know, especially when you come into your 30s, your body really is like, I know what I like and what I don't like, and I'm going to give you pretty strong indicators.
0: Yeah. Was it hard being a fitness professional, like where you're, like part of your identity is your ability to move?
2: I think the hard part was, yeah, like when you're in pain, obviously, and I think we all understand this and you can't show that you're in pain and you have to just, you know, get the job done. But I think also it's hard when your body's on show all the time, especially when it's going through a battle with hormones and things like that and just complete burnout. And I was like, I don't feel good. And I know I definitely don't look good. Like I don't look like myself yet. I'm filming these global Nike campaigns and, you know, you want to be excited and you want to feel proud, but your body, you just, your system feels obliterated. So it's kind of nice now doing some more of the work because at least you feel like you're being, you're, you're kind of in your own body again. But Mm -hmm. Beck and I often talk about this, like we've felt like we've been in suits of ourselves for a moment where you're like, you're like, is this my body? Or like, is this my energy? Like
1: when you're like recalibrating, it takes time. Like that doesn't happen overnight or one sleeping session or like changing one day of your life. It took, it took you four months. Like, and for me coming back from an ectopic pregnancy like i'm noticing the same things like recalibrating my hormones from that experience is like you kind of just have to let your body do what it needs to do and respect it because you only have one body
2: you do it's true i mean i know that people think that's just something that people say but it is true
0: mm-hmm. Do you know what? It's really important for women like you to share your experiences and debunk the myth that fitness professionals don't go through these experiences. It, it's a powerful for women, but it's also powerful for the brands that you work for because it's a form of education to remember that you are not machines uh, and that you go through cycles. Uh, and so, I, you know, I hope you've had the support from the brands that you've been affiliated with, but it's also a really beautiful way of the older you get, it's a really good um, test out of who's in alignment with you as a maturing woman as well. And you don't want to work with brands or organizations that don't see that you are evolving with different commitments and priorities and evolution of self as well. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah. It's powerful for us all. So let's, what I do want to do is, I want to, um, I want to ask a couple of questions of self-care. Like maybe if you could give like four tips that have been like integral to your self-care because you never know, it might land with people who are going for their run and and wrapping up their run pretty much in the next couple of minutes.
2: Guys, you were never too good to stretch. I don't care how young you are, if you're in the gorgeous stage of your early 20s, enjoy it. you honestly stretching is key. Even if you just are like, I'm going to get the main points. Like for me, I have to stretch my hips every single day and it has been a game changer. Never too good to stretch. Hydrate first, mm-hmm. always. Before you inhale coffee in the morning, drinking water is such a game changer. And I love coffee. So that was a hard change for me too, you know?
0: How but much how much water, like, would you say? Like, should people try and get down?
2: At least get down a big glass. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, like, otherwise be, I know people like to have lemon and water or, like, some ginger and hot water, things like that. Just the first thing that hits your system shouldn't be coffee. Um, and that's, that was a real game changer for me. That really helps also just not with not just with the trajectory of your day, energy-wise and, like, hydration-wise, but also with your digestion and everything. So I think a lot of people think, oh, I have a coffee in the morning. It's going to help me like feel good, but maybe go to the bathroom, whatnot, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, you really want to like actually hydrate your body mm-hmm. first. Um, I really do find using do not disturb as a big self-care recovery tip, just to switch off for a moment, just taking the time to, and it doesn't have to be, I know people set different rules around end of the day. Sometimes for me, it's actually do not disturb in the morning. Mm-hmm. Like, can I get through some of my to-dos before I take on the energy and the anxiety of everyone else in the world? Like yeah. I need to, I need to set myself up for the for the day, so I can be the best for me, the best for my partner, the best for the people around me, and the work that I'm going to try and do. So I think, you know, do not disturb. Actually, in the morning, and having morning protocol routines is just as important as those wind down routines at, at the end of the day, and will dramatically actually help that wind down at the end of the day. You know, you don't want to start too frazzled. Um, and yeah, I honestly, like, if you're going to be doing anything intense, think high love. You've got to have the low impact, the low intensity support, the high intensity, so when you're actually going high, that you're hitting the high.
0: Mm-hmm. I love those tips, and like, I listen to them, and I think it's important for us to constantly be sharing our self-care tips, because they are so simple, but it's amazing that when we get busy, that's the first thing that drops, the first yeah. thing every time. <laughs> i don't know why
1: well as we cool down because that would be the end of our long run if you're still running you're hopefully you're just running really slow
2: and letting that body cool down or maybe you're starting to attack some of those stretches (laughs) and Um, yes that is peer pressure (laughs) stretches
1: and i want to jump in with some rapid fire with kg okay um so let me know if you had to choose one of these two things okay just quickly what would it be coffee or avocados? Well, if i get what i want no <laughs> that's not you're choose. <laughs> i'm underlining these honestly coffee it's coffee, coffee. <laughs> okay. running right the city or the ocean the city oh yeah cool. i like i like that for you and especially our city runners so it's it's good Motivation. Strength session or Pilates? Strength. I knew you were going to say that because you missed the gym. I miss
2: it. I love <laughs> um,
1: um, Favorite. Okay, so what's your favorite color? Beige. Oh,
2: beige. Yeah.
1: Hey, see, she still loves you guys. Don't you worry. Best
2: coffee in the world.
1: Workout. Favorite workout.
2: Oh, um, conditioning day.
1: Oh, love it. With, with Beth. Would be okay. Okay, question time: Is if you could buy any type of food right now, because I know you're hungry,
2: what would it be? Japanese sweet potato, oh. otherwise known as kumara. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, describe yourself in three words:
2: energetic, fiery, and loyal. So true so true and that's why we're still friends
1: um what would you give me if i made people
2: stop calling you christy oh my god i'd give you all of my life savings <laughs> honestly it's so annoying
1: uh, a little background on that um <laughs> i get called beth
2: beth and christy over christy. here
1: Everywhere we go in the
2: U.S. She sent me this screenshot of her coffee order the other day and it had four names crossed out and then they still got it wrong and it was amazing. I was like, this is great.
0: Oh, well, I want to thank you so much for coming on. I feel like so it's morning my time and I feel like I've been dealt with a good dose of energy. Uh, everyone, hopefully that was a great experience for you as you were running. What I would like to leave you with is as KG just told us, three ways that she would like to describe herself. I'd like for you to think um, of three ways to describe yourself. And you can share it on the Facebook community group. I'd love to hear your descriptive words. Uh, Beck and I will also share ours as well. So, Wind down, cool down, enjoy the rest of your weekend. This time is now for you, for your family, your relationships, <laughs> or it could just be getting in the bath and having some magnesium salt to just relax yourself. So whatever it is, you have set a beautiful way for the weekend and uh, we look forward to being back with you next week.
2: Thank you so much, girls. Guys, you cross that run, <laughs> remember, consider here's key and stay sexy out there. Oh,
0: yeah.